Um, I can go ahead and the recording has begun. Remember to face mute if you are not comfortable with that. Welcome back. 2024. Happy New Year to all. This is the first Interledger Foundation community call of the brand new year. Everyone's got that new year vibe, uh, all those things you want to accomplish. Go ahead and sign up on the notes doc, roll call, your name, something you're looking forward to, something you're excited about, something that's got you motivated for 2024. And we will hopefully get this kicked off in a positive way. Um, we got some internal updates as we're going to go through um, our regular update agenda. Then just to give you a quick look, we're going to go a little bit deeper on a new feature in Rafiki. So that'll be coming up in the Rafiki update. And then we're going to be handing uh, the virtual talking stick to our friend Uchi from Chi Money, who's going to do our deep dive on where Chi Money is and where they're going. Lots of exciting stuff in that. So that's the basic overview of our time together today. Um, so I believe I am actually kicking this off with some ILF updates. Um, Alex, I saw you log in. I'm going to let you finish up with the Web Monetization Workweek preview, and I'll just give the other updates real quick in that um, we are reviewing uh, a bunch of the grants that we got in towards the end of the year. So we're working through those. We should hope to have decisions on that in the coming weeks. Um, we also are working on what the what grants will be released and some look at timelines, et cetera, for the year coming up. I can say that we'll be rebooting the financial services and ambassadors in a very similar way to the, which they have already existed, as well as some uh, new things and new initiatives in the year. Um, so that's one quick ILF update. Obviously, a lot of our work here as we kind of come back online is gearing up for the year, planning, helping to communicate what it, where it is we're going, where we need help with, what community engagement opportunities there are. So that's the other big area uh, where we kind of update here in the first seven or eight days of the year. And then I'm going to kick it over to Alex out there in the ether just to give a quick sneak peek at our web monetization work week, which will help to sort of set the agenda for web monetization early in the year. Alex, you are out there, correct? Yes, thank you. Um, so if you weren't at the summit, if you haven't heard anything from the summit, uh, you missed out on the on, on a sneak peek preview of web monetization at the hackathon. We've had an alpha version that I'm proud to say worked good enough so that a bunch of people could hack with web monetization again. We are trying to put that out into the hands of people this year, make web monetization a reality again. We're working with GitHub and Finboss to launch with them sometime in the first half of the year. And the reason why we're going to South Africa, everybody who's working on web monetization, the team at Interledger, the team at Breakpoint, the ambassadors, uh, the team on the browser extension, and Finboss were actually going to be there to all put the finishing touches on the version one roadmap for the extension. We have designs we're implementing right now in the extension. We have a new user experience we're working with, and we're gonna be there at the end of this month, beginning of next month, 28th of January to the 3rd of February, to put the polishing touches on web monetization. Hopefully, we will have something ready for present and past grantees and people from our community in a closed beta loop by March. 
And I think that was the, the sneak peek preview of webnetization. Mm. <sighs> All right. All right. Alex, ILF web monetization coming out hot in the new year. Um, I know a lot of people are, were hoping for some more concrete information and advancement on that. So that to us feels like a real kind of stick your foot in the ground and move forward. So that's exciting new year energy. Um, I will open up the, uh, if anyone's got chat or just open up your mic questions for Alex before we move on from there, I will take a quick pause. All right. Um, and, you know, that really was that, that that work is about to begin. So more updates, more concrete ways to play, test, learn, contribute, et cetera, will be coming out of that. Um, one quick note that Alex mentioned, an ambassador, that ambassador is Santosh, who I know has been working on a lot of uh, open source community connections as well as web monetization directly. So that's uh, and I'm sure we'll be hearing from him in various ways coming out of that. All right. Um, I think Adrian is on. Am I wrong or right? That'd be a good. You'd be you are right. There you go, Adrian. Take over. Hey. Um, so not a lot to report from the Fainville side. We um, it's summer break here in the in the global south. So a lot of the team were on holiday until this week. Um, we've been wrapping up integrations to some new partners in the U.S. Uh, enable some cool new stuff. And um, we should have uh, everything ready for the work week to kick off when everybody arrives here in a couple of weeks. Uh, we've spent the last day or two doing uh, a lot of uh, strategy sessions and discussions around product roadmap and so on. Um, so yeah, mostly from our side, it's uh, currently about prep for web monetization work week um, and working with the ILF team on that uh, when they're are in Cape Town, uh, and then we'll see where things go post that. Awesome. Thanks, Adrian. Um, so some fast and furious updates, uh, probably in the next couple community, uh, Interledger community calls coming out of that. So good stuff. I love teeing up the new year. And then Sabine, I think you were going to start us off with Rafiki and then hand off. To have enough time for all the other things that we want to go through, I put my like general update down as a written form. So I'll just hand over to Benny to talk about the telemetry feature. Benny, you are so muted. Yeah, do you think you'll need to open your mic? Yeah, my, there you go. My, okay, so hi everyone. Hope you can see my slides, right? Okay, uh, for those of you who do not know me, my name is Benny and I'm a software engineer that worked on Rafiki telemetry with, along with Sarah. And that is what I will be presenting today. Um, the agenda has two major parts. First of all, I'd like to overview the why, the what, and the how of Rafiki's telemetry solution. And on a separate note, I will explain how privacy concerns are tackled and use this opportunity basically to mobilize the community into criticizing it and hopefully gathering some uh, expert opinions on it. 
but I will talk more about that once we get there. So starting with the now, with the why, I want us to take a moment to appreciate the fundamental role of feedback. Um, it guides us, providing insights into how our systems are performing. You can think of it as a conversation that we have with our technology, ensuring that it's on the right track, and more importantly, that we are on the right track. Um, and before moving on, I will further emphasize its, important, its importance through another engineering field, which is systems engineering. I can safely say that within uh, systems engineering, uh, the most fundamental and necessary concept is the use of a feedback loop um, for system analysis and design. These loops, often referred to as loop shaping, uh, enable engineers to assess and refine a system's performance and behavior, or in the case of automatic control, even allow the system to adapt on its own in a robust way. And I would encourage you to further explore the engineering implementations of this basic feedback concept. Uh, but now let's move on to what brings us here, which is telemetry and how it closes the feedback loop for software systems. It is a mechanism that allows us to gather on various metrics, understand the system's behavior, and iteratively shape and enhance its performance by enabling informed operational decisions and adjustments. So all of that mouthful uh, should uh, make telemetry more like a requirement than a nice to have uh, in any performance system. Um, so I think that answers the why question and we can move on to the what's. Uh, which is what exactly are we collecting? Well, the main goal of what we collect is to track the ILP network growth. We knew that this is going to be a big feature that can we can keep building on top of in the future. Uh, but in all, order to get a starting point, especially since it uh, requires a bit of infrastructure being set up, uh, the Cluj Workweek discussions last year ended up with a few key metrics as our first objective. And these are the total money that flows through the network, the number of successful transactions, and the average amount that transactions hold within the network. Now that we know what we want to collect, let's explore how we do it. First of all, we chose OpenTelemetry, which is an observability framework that brings something important to the table, and that is standardization. Um, by instrumenting Rafiki with uh, the OpenTelemetry SDK, we are using its standardized format for metrics, ensuring that our telemetry data is accessible and usable across a variety of tool suits. And now, how exactly are we using it? Um, in order to explain that, I'm going to pick up the laser pointer and use this diagram to showcase the flow of data and overview of the telemetry infrastructure. So at the bottom here, we have a Rafiki instance that is part of the network that we want to track. It is sending data to a cluster of open telemetry collectors that we are hosting on AWS ECS in a serverless manner. Uh, the collectors then process data um, and further send it upstream to a Prometheus, which is the main collection point and is uh, actually where the data is persisted for a given amount of time. Then Prometheus is used as a data source for a Grafana cloud instance, which um, allows for visualization, actually exposing the dashboards 
to the public so that everyone can see the network's growth. Um, and other important notes to make here using this diagram is the fact that Rafiki is uh, instrumented to send the metrics to multiple open telemetry collectors. This allows uh, integrating account servicing entities to have their own optional open telemetry collector and they would just feed the collection endpoint to Rafiki and Rafiki would start sending the data that way as well. So they can build their own telemetry solution on it. Uh, now let's shift our focus to a critical aspect of the telemetry feature, which was privacy. This ended up being quite a hassle, uh, but even though the privacy details are non-trivial, the concepts behind it are simple enough to illustrate through this diagram, which I hope, or at least I hope so. Um, we can see here a single Rafiki instance that is serving multiple users. When collecting transaction metrics, it is sanitizing anything that is able to identify a single user. Um, as such, it is already hard for telemetry metrics to trace back to individuals. And furthermore, in order to apply privacy at the Rafiki instance level, we apply two techniques. First, it's rounding and bucketing. Um, we see that user one has a transaction of $24 and user two of 32. We only have two buckets that we can round them to, one for 25 and one for 50. By rounding, user one and user two both end up in the same 25 bucket, and user three and four both end up in the same 50 bucket. In this way, we are disregarding the user's real value of the transaction, and we can see instead of 24 and 32, for example, we will just consider the, tw the 24, the 25 amount as their transaction. And by doing this, of course, we are losing some accuracy, but we are ensuring that the two users are now indistinguishable from each other. Um, and then the, we can also control the granularity of the buckets here and as such um, control the, the balance between privacy and utility of the, the data we collect. Um, the second technique applied is differential privacy. Um, where we use a Laplacian distribution to generate noise. This particular distribution is um, usually used in um, differential privacy um, because of some of its mathematical properties that I'm not going to detail now, but I wrote about them in the, in the docs. Uh, now taking into consideration that this whole privacy process is done at the collection time in the instrumented Rafiki, we are implementing what the industry calls as local differential privacy, which is a strong privacy guarantee. Um, that basically means that every privacy enforcement is done here at the collection time before data ever reaches any collection endpoint. Um, uh, back to this slide, another um, important thing to note is the fact that uh, in our case, currency conversion also adds as a noise factor and as such as a, another privacy layer. That is because um, the whole telemetry feature has a single base currency, which is now set to be USD. This is also in order to tackle another privacy concern that I won't go into detail now, but it's also in the docs. Um, and in order to convert any currency of uh, transactions to the telemetry base currency, we use the rates that the integrating account servicing entity provides. 
these are not versioned or stored. And because our telemetry solution cannot um, access its data, um, this just adds acts as another uh, privacy layer. Now, in the case in which the account servicing entity does not provide external rates for uh, the currency conversion, we go even further and use an external exchange rates API that our infrastructure exposes. As you can see here, we have an AWS Lambda function that queries an external endpoints um, exchange rates API and stores um, the data in our required format in a public S3 bucket. Um, so um, that, that case is covered as well. And, and another, another important note to make regarding privacy is that um, we collect um, amount data at ILP packet level right now in the connector itself. Since multiple packets can form a single transaction, this means that not even amounts can be traced back to their respective transaction. And with that being said, I know this was in a rush, but uh, I hope I provided a good overview of what privacy meant for us. The solution is a mix of techniques that are present in state-of-the-art literature, mostly in white papers released by Google, Microsoft, and Apple. And all of these are referenced in the privacy documentation as well. And now circling back to the main idea of the presentation, which is feedback. I also want to collect feedback from this meeting and I encourage you to go through the privacy documentation in particular. Uh, it is an actual goal of this meeting to have cre people critically inspect the privacy solution and actively come up with solutions. So please do so. I am reachable on Slack or you can reach Sarah of any, any one of us to that matter. Um, and for further reference, I will, of course, provide the links to the docs on both privacy and telemetry in the chat. Thank you for your time. Awesome. Thank you, Benny. That was a great walkthrough. I actually loved your slides. Um, we have one. I'll read one uh, Adam GFAM Adam question, and then someone, if someone's got a question they want to open the mic for, just line up behind me. Um, but, Benny, are there... Uh, country regulations that require Rafiki to provide telemetry, or is that not really a thing? What was that, uh, country regulations? No, country regulations, that's not really a thing. That is why we're sanitizing yeah. the data. That's why we're sanitizing the data so we don't break the personally identifiable information. The reason we want to monitor the network is we want to grow the network and to see if we can grow the network, we have to have some kind of monitoring in place. But there's no country like regulation that requires us to have telemetry. There is a lot of country regulations that very specifically, very specifically prohibits us from collecting certain data. And that's what our privacy mindset is about. Trying not to break user privacy and trying not to have service integrators or account servicing entities have to get user consent for us to collect data. So I, yeah, and I think, you know, it also aligns with our values, right? We don't want to expose users. So, and we also want to pre-think these things rather than retrofit once we start hitting regulatory bodies and, and, and not just regulatory bodies, but also good practices, good data practices and stuff. So we're trying to be thoughtful 
uh, thoughtful and privacy centric at the beginning um, as a core value and as a, what we think is a smart way to build rather than, you know, miss those opportunities and then be told later we need to fix. Because I think to be honest, to be honest, uh, I feel like Benny and Sarah spent most of their time dealing with privacy concerns than actually working on on building the the pipelines for this to work. The, I feel like the tech part was the the easy thing we did, and the privacy concerns, the building for the privacy concerns, and picking very specific data points within our architecture to make sure it's impossible to leak PII, or it's impossible to use this data for any sort of market making or bank manipulation sort of thing. That was the hardest part we had to do. And I'm like, Benny and Sarah worked on this for the past five months, four months. It was a, an incredibly tricky project. I'm really, really happy we managed to get this done. Thank Awesome. Um, well, unless someone wants to interrupt me and ask another question, these are some chunky updates uh, coming into 2024. Love it. Um, and another good, we're going to go on to our deep dive, which I know he's out there. Uchi, Chi Money, we're going to, it's going to, you know, do a little bit of a uh, preview. Um, a little bit of a preview in our last community call in December. Um, and then we're going to go deeper and on kind of really the exciting progress uh, that Chi Money has made in the ecosystem to be really one of the leaders. So, Uchi, if you are out there, which I know you are, go ahead and take over the mic, activate your camera, and share your slides. Amazing. Yeah, thank you so much, Chris. Hi, everyone. Happy New Year. Hope everyone is having a good day. So, I'm going to share my screen and walk us through uh, what we've been able to achieve money. Uh, specifically, we're going to look at uh, intelligent integration and we're going to conclude with how other developers can integrate uh, with your money for let us a service, which is already IOP enabled. Uh, so I'll share my screen. So, okay. Yeah, so let me go back to the other screen. Awesome. So for today's session, we're going to first maybe start with a, a brief overview of why like Chimone exists. So, I mean, if you've ever tried to send payment internationally, uh, it feels like you will need, it feels like when you are trying to watch it's when you're trying to watch TV, needing a different remote for every TV channel, right? Uh, for every country you want to pay out to, or for every payment method, you probably would need a different platform or a different uh, provider to, to to make that happen. And there's high fees, there's limited reach, and also slow transactions. And that's why Chimon is as is. So Chimon is a platform, as most of you know, that allows you to send payments to anyone in the world using just their phone number or email. And then receivers can cash out to their bank accounts, to gift cards, to mobile wallets, and things like that. And just an overview of how Chimon is different from other providers. There's Payoneer, there's Coinbase, Bact, Wise, and the rest of them. So how Chimon is different is that Chimon integrates 
uh, these multiple cash out or payment options, and that brings them together in one platform. And we're really happy that we're able to also support Interledger in this ecosystem or network of payment networks that we're building. Okay, so let's now just jump into like how it actually works and how Interledger fits into uh, what we've built our chain money. And uh, this will set the foundation for us to uh, do like a demo and uh, go from there. So uh, chain money itself, how it works is we have a couple of uh, services and all of these services are modular, they are portable and they are stackable. So we can remove a new service or add, we can remove a service or add a new service depending on regulations, depending on uh, user requirements and things like that. And today, we allow cash out or payouts to mobile money like M-Pesa in Kenya and also bank accounts in over 100 countries. There's going to be an announcement coming out tomorrow about uh, a new integration we just did. And also we allow cash out to gift cards and uh, also Interledger wallets. So I will show how that Interledger wallet integration works in a bit. And also for pains, so that means on ramping to Chimoney wallets, you can fund your Chimoney wallet from bank accounts via wire or ACH. You can, you can send, uh, fund your Chimoney wallet uh, via crypto and also via Interledger. So we're going to talk about it in a bit, how it works, and also what we see, uh, the, the vision we have for the future of being able to fund Chimoney wallets from other licensed entities within the Interledger ecosystem. So that's kind of how the first part of Chain Money, the different services, the on-ramp and the off-ramp services. And then all of these services are exposed to clients or apps through our API. So our API documentation, I will share the link later for folks to check out. But the API documentation allows us to build uh, apps like the Chain Money Payouts features, the Chain Money Payout product. So this Chain Money Payout product is used by companies like Google, by Goodwall and uh, a few other companies. And what it does for them is that it allows them to pay anyone in the world using just their phone number or email. And also we have a product called Unispend, also powered by this Chimani's infrastructure. What's even more exciting is what other people are building uh, in the community with Chimani's API. We'll talk about all of those in a bit. Okay, and then for coverage, uh, as we mentioned, uh, we support bank accounts, mobile money, and also Interledger, which I, I know most people are interested in. Uh, so I'm going to do a deep dive on how the Interledger integration works and also uh, how you can use it today. Okay, so let's now do like a quick demo. So for the demo, uh, for some of it, I'm going to maybe ask a few people to share their Interledger there are two money Interledger wallet for those that have it, and I'll, I'll do a retran I'll do a, I'll do a retransfer uh, to uh, to that wallet, which should settle in their their two money account. Okay, so moving on to the demo, uh, there are a couple of things we're going to do. The first one is uh, we're going to do a mass payout to Interledger wallet addresses. So this is very useful in cases where you want to send payments like grant payments, reward payments, and things like that. So imagine like the IOP grant and other grants within the community being funded or being sent to 
uh, IntelliJ wallet addresses or IntelliJ payment pointers instead of bank accounts, and then giving the grant recipients the, the flexibility to cash out that, that grant amount to their local currency or to their local bank accounts. It's a win-win for, I mean, uh, the, the funding entity because they just have to use one click to pay everyone. And then for the uh, beneficiaries, it's also easy for them because they have the flexibility to select how they want to uh, receive that phone. I'll show how we can do that in a bit. And then the second demo we're going to be doing is uh, transferring money to a, an interledger wallet address or payment pointer using the API. So this is where I would get like someone from uh, the call to share their wallet address, and then I'll send a payment to them. Then last one is just uh, uh, how to integrate. OK, let's move on to the first one. So I'm going to go to the Chimoney dashboard. I will click Send Payment now, and then I'll copy a few payment pointers I already prepared, and I'll send the payment. And I think you should see the payment start going out in real time. OK, so I'm already logged into this dashboard here. And uh, notice that I have my payment pointer, which is uh, iop.chimoney.com slash uchi. And so that's the first one that I'm going to send a payment to. I'm just going to switch here to a different uh, to a different account or a different organization within the Chimoney, within the Chimoney uh, dashboard. Uh, I mean, I have access to all of those uh, because I'm an admin to them. But uh, so when I click send, so when I click send now, it's going to take me to the send screen. Right, and keep in mind that I already copied the payment pointer, my own personal payment pointer. I'm currently in in a, an organization, a different organization from my different from my personal account. Right, so when I click send to IOP wallet, I would enter that wallet address. I can also like enter a couple more wallet addresses here. Okay, so I these are just a few wallet addresses that were set up. Alrighty, so and then I'll select the amount, say ten dollars. And when I do that, it tells me how much I'm sending. I'm sending a ten dollars to six people. Uh, I can also enter like a personalized message, which they will get in their email address. But for this use case, I'm not really gonna do that. So when I click pay from wallet, okay. Yeah, so the use case we're trying to demonstrate is like bulk pay, bulk send to wallet addresses. And like I mentioned, this is useful for grant payments, right? So if I wanted to send different amount to different people, I can also customize it here and just change the amount. Uh, so I'm just going to send my, uh, I can, I'm just going to send myself one dollar. So I can customize it and I can save. And then it does the, I think it should do the uh, calculation again. So, uh, Anyway, so yeah, so ten dollars to everyone. When I click pay from wallet here, it's gonna uh, process this uh, transaction. So it sets it sets it up on the Chimoney side of things, and then uh, it does. Uh, I'm not really gonna go into detail about how like it's working on the intelligence side, but it sets it up on the Chimoney side of things. It debits my uh, my account, and then on the intelligence side of things. Uh, a, a payment is also sent and settled. Uh, so let's just wait for this to complete. I'm not sure why it's slow today, but okay. 
So that payment has been uh, sent and notice that it says it's paid now. So, but in a few seconds, you will notice that these are gonna start changing to redeemed. That means it's settled into the Interledger wallet. Uh, so let's just give it a few seconds and you see it change in real, in real time to uh, redeemed instead of paid. Okay, so the first one has been deposited into the wallet, right? So that's to my personal uh, Interledger. That's to my personal account on Chimoney. So it's completed. The settlement is complete now. And I, if we go back, we're going to switch back to that account in a bit. So the second one is also being settled to the wallet there, and others would just be settled to the wallet. Uh, yeah, so they are being settled to the wallets. Uh, Okay, so that's kind of how to send bulk payments, right? So if I go back to my personal wallet, it was 50 something dollars before, the balance was 50 something dollars before. Now it's 60 something dollars. And notice that this is like the payment that I received onto this wallet here, right? So that's kind of how to send bulk payment. And like I mentioned before, this can be useful for paying out grants and also paying out, uh, so paying out, yes, you have point out grants and stuff like that. So I'm going to pause for a bit to see if anyone has any thoughts or questions. Okay, awesome. So I'm going to switch. I'm going to switch back to the second uh, demo, which is uh, which is sending payouts to which is sending payments to a wallet address using the Chimoney API. So I. I have access to the Chimoney API here. API docs is chimoney.readme.io. I'll go to payouts. When I go to payouts, I would click on payouts to an Interledger wallet address. So when I do that, uh, I would go to the chat. I see Sabina already has her Chimoney uh, payment pointer in the chat. So I'll just copy that. So I would enter Sabina's payment pointer and then I'll enter. Uh, 20 and then i'll go back here just to confirm that the api keys are correct and then if we go back to the dashboard actually let me make it a different amount so it's clear so i'll make it 11 and then i'll go back to this account here sorry so the last transaction we sent here was $10, right? Uh, which is, I guess someone else just sent a transaction now from this account, uh, Bion. Uh, but the last transaction we sent was like $10 each. So what we're gonna do is we're sending an IOP payment via API to Samina's uh, Chimoney Intelligent Payment Pointer. So uh, just making sure everything looks good. I'm sending $11. And then I'll click uh, try now. So this should initiate a new payment. Uh, this should initiate a new payment here in uh, just one second. Okay. So it's going to initiate a new payment. And also, just like before, that payment will settle in, in Sabina's account. Okay.
Okay, let me go back here. So I'm gonna go so I can, I'll see all of the transactions, not just the ones from the dashboard. Okay, so uh moment. I'm probably using a different account for this, a different API key for this transaction here. So uh, potentially I would just get this actual API key. Solution. Okay. Dashboard. Okay, so just uh, Uchi, I got it. Oh, you got it. Okay, awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Amazing. So, <laughs> yeah, the payment has been sent and it's settled in Sabina's uh, Interledger wallet. And now, what Sabina can do is that she has like a balance in her chain money account. She can send that money to an email, she can send it to, to someone's phone number or to a different user's Interledger wallet. And uh, what when that payment is sent the user has the option to then cash it out to a bank account right so like in this uh like in a case like this i'll just like so this is kind of how so if i go back there so this is what the person when a payment is sent on the money platform the receiver has the option to then cash it out to like their bank account across multiple countries or to uh, an intelligent wallet address if they wanted or they have to airtime and stuff like that. So that's the second example. Uh, the last uh, the last thing we want to do is how you can get a, a chain money payment pointer. So it's, uh, sorry. So to get a chain money payment pointer, you go to dash your chain money. I'll, I'll drop this link after this. So that's your chain money IO, and then you log in. After you log in, you'll be taken to like this uh, identity management page, and then you complete your profile. After you complete your profile, you'll be able to click, uh, create a payment pointer, and then you can see uh, how that payment pointer looks like on a public page, which you can share to folks. Uh, to pay you and stuff like that okay so that's that's it the last thing on my list was how to get started i know some of you might be asking or wondering how you can uh, integrate or play with this well we have a sandbox environment that allows you to play with everything i just shared so you can create a new wallet uh, when you create a new wallet you will be able to do a test payment with payment pointer. You can uh, create a new payment pointer via the API or a dashboard and stuff like that. And in terms of roadmap, where what's next? So we already integrated Rafik, uh, Rafiki at the, on the chain money side. We have been able to also launch an alpha and we have over, I believe 120 payment pointers have been created so far on, uh, we, on the chain money. So yeah, one twenty payment pointers have been created. So the next step is we want to pair with uh, a licensed interledger entity, so Finbos or GitHub, and also we're going to explore a follow-on work that we'll do as part of the financial services grant that we received. 
And the next step is like the potential of this, right? So chip money as an infrastructure is already used by a couple of uh, companies. So like Scream by chip money, Goodwall, Honeycoin, Enna, and other companies already use us today. So they use our wallet as a service. Uh, what's, what we haven't promoted to them is the ability for them to also issue payment pointers to their users. Uh, so imagine any user that uses Chimoney's API to build would be able to issue IntelliJar payment pointers also to their users. So that's kind of the impact is uh, could be could be really huge because it's not just like Chimoney using it, but others are using it. And then in December, we want to be able to like add more currencies and payout options. Yeah, so that's the roadmap that we have. And uh, I would add this link in the meeting notes for those that have uh, thoughts or, or feedback or want to review this later. So I'll pause here for a bit to take any. Just amazing work, Uchi. So much progress, so much excitement, so much, uh, you know, just things working, right? So you've been getting a lot of accolades in the chat and the, the steady stream of, um, of uh, emojis and icons, as you can see on your screen. Uh, I am going to open up. We had a little bit of commentary in the chat, but I do want to open up the mic to see if anyone wants to uh, ask a question or do a follow-up. This is a lot of information, so and I know that we've had a little bit, so I might call on some folks that already put a question in chat or just go ahead and jump on the mic and uh, engage with Uchi. Uh, Uchi, it's Adam here. Um, are there are there fees for the the ILM ILP transactions uh, like that bulk transactions? Are there any fees for that? No, at the moment there are no fees for it. The way we set up uh, Rafiki is we set them we set it up with no fees uh, for transfers, uh, specifically between Chimoney to Chimoney uh, wallets. I think. Once we integrate with uh, different other licensed entities, there might be like a small fee depending on how the entity set up uh, their own Rafiki. But the fees will be really small. That's that's amazing. Um, and then just as a follow-up question, would there be like a minimum amount? Could I send 10 cents to 100 people? Mm -hmm. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. There's no limit. There's no minimum amount. And there's no like limit in the number of people you can send it to. Uh, the part where there might be limit is the users being able to then cash out those amount to like their bank account and things like sure. that. Yes, they'll have the they will have the funds in their chain money wallet, uh, but maybe for them to cash out to their bank account or to their mobile money wallet or to gift cards, they would need at least three dollars uh, to be able to cash out. Uh, that is all amazing. Thank you, Richie. Yeah, thanks, Adam. Question about uh, like, what about if I have a Finbus ILP wallet instead? Because I think something that a lot of people in the community haven't heard about is what is going to be necessary for uh, account servicing entities to actually interface with each other. So I'm curious if you could talk about like what is actually involved with adding uh, support for a wallet. An ILP wallet with another provider. Yeah, awesome. So, yeah, thanks, Jeremy. So, we started the conversation uh, with uh, GitHub from the GitHub side of things. The last time we spoke at the summit, it was uh, 
uh, mostly conversations between our compliance teams. Uh, so once we finalize those conversations, the technical side to make this happen, uh, it's already uh, working on the uh, with with Rafiki. So com uh, compliance plus operational side, and that's that settlement. That's the two parts that are still pending. I think uh, potentially we might bring uh, Alex on board also to help like facilitate some of those uh, conversations. Uh, and therefore, uh, Fimbos. Also, I'll speak. I'll, I've not scheduled a call with Adrian yet, Adrian yet, but I think that's something that we should uh, do because, from a tech, technical side and compliance side, at least from a regulated regulate regulatory requirements, like chain money has a lot everything that that we need to be able to like facilitate these payments. Uh, I think it's just like conversations we need to have and uh, make it happen. Uh, Alex, you wanted to jump, jump, jump on. Yeah, so I want to say the technical aspect of it in Rafiki connecting to another wallet is a single line of config. Um, the peering relationship is a single line of config. The problem is that Suchi says is compliance. Because to connect to another wallet, it's not just a technical problem. We solve the technical problem. That's the easy part. The hard part is signing a piece of paper that governs the way you connect the, the to the other wallet codifying that in rafiki that's already there and from what we've experienced uh the compliance part of connecting to another wallet is the is the one that takes a lot a lot of time uh which is probably been into the compliance into the compliance wheel with github for a while but i feel like if you want a compliance horror story adrian is the best person to talk to about that even when both of the parties want to get this done as soon as possible, it's just a matter of a, a, a couple of compliance teams, usually three compliance teams at least, agreeing on a set of terms. Yeah, agreed, Alex, yes. So Jeremy has other questions on the chat. Uh, so account service and entity. <laughs> I'm laughing at, at Mohammed's comment. Compliance horror stories might be its own track in the next pile piece yeah. of this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thanks for Mohammed for providing the uh, early year laugh <laughs> and probably a smart idea, a combo, funny and right. Um can never uh, go wrong with that combo. Um Anybody else want to open up their mic and give some feedback or ask a question to Uchi? All right. Well, thank you so much, Uchi. The document is definitely there. So if you want to go deeper or follow up, you can you can tag Uchi in that document, and and, and he'll he'll go and and check it out um, as our running record. And of course, we'll be uh, you know Uchi's a regular participant in this meeting anyway. But then also check in when they have updates, especially as we start to connect these services, you know, so that they do talk and play with each other nicely as we all continue to progress. Well, with that, I think that brings us to the end of our agenda. Um, unless anyone has any quick announcements or shout outs they want to open up their mic and just update the community on, I'll hold for 20 seconds. All right. Well, um, yeah. oh, can you hear me? go for it. Yep. 
Yeah, sorry, my mic was muted for a bit there. So yeah, I'm from the Chimoni team, right? I just want to say like, well done to uh, Uchi and the product team because I know this has taken a lot of work, right? Over the past couple of months, they've done a lot of things. And we've been seeing the updates in the meetings, like the team meetings and all that. So yeah, well done to, to Uchi and, and the product team. Thank you. Yeah, thanks, Valerie, for saying that. I appreciate yeah. it. All right, with that, we will see you in a month. We'll be distributing uh, the video and the audio of this in our regular channels. And of course, our meeting doc is a running doc. If you can see any meeting since we began that doc and the details there. So it's a good thing to bookmark uh, to go back to um, if you wanted to remember something or, or follow up on something. So there's that. Um, and as always, join us on the Slack. It's uh, the, the Interledger Community Slack. is a vibrant place. It's a great place to interact, bring topics up, find questions, find peers, et cetera. So that would be my one Interledger plug for today's session. And with that, we will see you all on the interwebs and in a month and continuing to expand financial inclusion together.